Welcome to the C3 Church Noosa podcast. Stay tuned for this week's message. Fantastic. Thank you, Christian. Let's just pray before we come around the word here this morning. Presence of God is here. Thank you, Lord. God, we love you. We love you so much, God. Thank you, God, that you are present, that you are alive, and that you are active in our word, in our life, God. Thank you that your word this morning, Father, God, it goes out, Lord, like a double-edged sword to divide between soul and spirit, God, to transform us, Lord, to operate, God, when we need operations on our hearts, God, God, to lift us up we need to be lifted up, God. God, to lead us forward, to light up our path. Thank you, Jesus, that you are present and speaking to everyone here this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Wonderful. Will you maybe seated, church? You pastors, as I mentioned earlier, what a privilege you have to be pastored by this fantastic couple. Yesterday, the lovely Anushka picked me up for the Every Woman event. Where are you, Anushka? Are you out here? With the kids, with the kids, love it. And, you know, I could barely get a word in. She just talked about how amazing her pastors were. The whole entire trip, she said, I just can't believe it. I feel like it's too good to be true that we've got Christian and Melissa here in Noosa. She's like, they're so amazing and they're here. They're here in Noosa. And I thought it's so true. They're such a wonderful couple. And, you know, I've watched them over many, many, many years faithfully serve at Oxford Falls and serve other great men and women of God. And I know that now is the time for them to reap their harvest and all that they've faithfully sown into other ministries that they are going to reap right here in, on the Sunshine Coast. So get ready, church. Are you ready to reap the harvest with them? Because it's coming. It's coming. You know, God, God is not a liar. He can't be mocked. If you sow, you will reap. And there is a harvest coming for this church at C3 Noosa. And there's many things I love about this congregation. I've been here twice and I just need to comment on a few things. The first is that this is a multi-generational church. I can just see health generationally in this church. Older people flourishing, offering their gift into the house, bringing their wisdom, bringing what they have to the table, being the pillars and the strength of the house. Young moms, like nursing their babies, but involved in the house and ministering at the same time. You know, the men just gathering together. One of the guys was here last night for the first time serving in kids' church, just helping out, doing what needed to be done to make the house wonderful. And your beautiful children. Oh, seeing the kids down the front this morning, how amazing. And all the beautiful daughters of the house here last night. I love it. I love it. And I truly believe it's a great sign of a healthy church when all the generations are thriving and growing together. So I commend you, Christian and Liz, for instilling that value in the life of the church, and it's really evident to see. The women's event last night was incredible, and what Liz said is true. It's the seed. It's the seed of what's to come. There is something 
on this house for the women of this community and God's placed it in Melissa, you know, to raise up a generation of daughters that worship the King on the Sunshine Coast. And I can see many, many, many more events. And, and you know, Nick, I believe it's no coincidence that God's brought you here. There's such a gift on your life for women. And I just see it finding its place. I mean, it's already found its place in so many areas, but in God's house, I kind of see your gift in the area of women intersecting with Liz and just magic happening, you know, great things happening for the purpose of God. <laughs> Lauren, your worship, oh my gosh, so beautiful. And yesterday as I was praying for this, I actually felt like the Lord gave me a word for you, Lauren. And um, I felt like he said that there's, you've got a beautiful brokenness of heart before him, a beautiful brokenness of heart. And there'll be times in your worship where the Lord will ask you to go there to the broken places inside you before the Lord. And it's going to open up a stream of God's presence into broken parts of people's lives and help people to access God that may not have been able to access him had you not gone to those places in your life. So I can see you already do that, but I encourage you to keep going there and thank you for your beautiful, amazing worship. So good. So I've got a word for us this morning. The title of this message is Stir It Up. <laughs> and I was trying to think how I can get you to remember it. And I was thinking of the Taylor Swift song, you know, Shake it off. I actually thought it went shake it up until I clarified it with Lauren <laughs> this morning that it actually goes shake it off. But, you know, I want you to think Taylor Swift, shake it off, shake it off. But instead, I want you to think stir it up, stir it up. So this message is all about stirring up what God has placed on the inside of you. Because God has placed something unique, something wonderful, something that only you have on the inside of you. And so many of us neglect what God has placed inside us. We underestimate what God has placed inside us and we fail to offer it back to him, back into his house, back to our community for service. And what I've learned and what I've discovered is that kingdom activity happens. The kingdom of God expands and grows. The church of God rises and grows as every one of us learns to bring our gift into his house, our gift into his service, as every part does its work in the building of God's house. You know, Bill Hybel says that he believes the church of Jesus Christ is the hope of the world and I agree with him <laughs> that the church is the hope of the world God didn't send out lone rangers after Jesus Christ ascended he then commissioned the church to go out and preach the good news into all the world it's the church that brings Christ to the world it's the church that preaches the good news and teaches the gospel it's the church the hope of humanity and that's you and I. And each of us have a special and a unique part to play in the life of the church. There's something special that happens, guys, when we start to discover what that unique thing is 
on the inside of us. Even personally, I experienced it last week. I've got quite a strong gift of mercy in my life. I think that's actually why I became a lawyer and why I practiced criminal law is because I had this huge internal drive towards mercy. And I operate out of it at different times, but during the week at our church in the inner city, we have a homeless lunch every Thursday. And I actually don't go to it normally because I've got kids, I'm sort of sorting out the kids, I'm in the office other days, and we have a team that runs this lunch. But our pastoral overseer who runs this lunch was off on long service leave. And so this week, I was at our lunch. Anyway, something (laughs) amazing happened. All of a sudden, that gift of mercy inside of me just started just (laughs) going crazy on the inside, connecting with these broken, lost people who were so desperate and so hungry for someone just to talk to them, believe in them, and encourage them, feed them, make them feel comfortable. And I spent the hour there chatting to these men who had nowhere to live but actually were experiencing the love of God every Thursday at this homeless lunch and we're experiencing his presence and we're excited about Jesus and I chatted to them and then there was another guy I'd been the week before as well and he'd been arguing with me about God and about whether it's true scientifically and and he came up to me last week and he said oh oh I think God's trying to speak to me and I said oh and he said yes South's lost during the week and I think it might have been because I argued with you (laughs) and I went that's right that's exactly right But anyway, I loved it. And what I found that I went home that afternoon and instead of just going through my afternoon's activities with the kids, I had this spring in my step. I was bouncing and I woke up the next morning and often I wake up just reaching for the coffee pot thinking I've got to take on my three boys and get them dressed for school and, you know, it's all happening. But I woke up with this joy and this bounce because my gift found its spot. Because our gift's not for us. The gifts on the inside of us are not for us. They're for others. They're for our community. They're for people who are hungry for something that we have, like Liz said. You know, it's interesting. Now, I've also got the gift of wisdom. But it's funny, because sometimes in my life, I get stuck, and I'm stuck in a situation, and I can't work out the answer, And someone else will bring me that answer. That's because that's the way God designed it. He doesn't want all the answers to come from me because then I because my gift's not for me. My gift of wisdom is for others. Right? And then I draw on the gifts in others as they're gifted to me. And it's oftentimes where it will be the wisdom that others have. So the gifts in us are for other people. And can I say as well, you know, there is something supernatural that happens when we begin to bring our gifts specifically into God's house. God is so passionate about the house of God growing on this earth, expanding on this earth, because it's a home for people. It's a hospital for the hurting. It's like a deploying station that sends out the soldiers into the community. Like it's all these different things, salvation, discipleship, empowerment. God is passionate about his house being wonderful. And there is something special that happens when we bring our gift to the house. Those children's books, let me tell you how they started. 
I was sharing a message in church, in church. My third child had just been born and God gave me a message on joy because I needed it, right? I was exhausted. I was exhausted. And so God taught me how the joy of the Lord is my strength. And in that time of exhaustion, I learnt this message, and that's how the book of joy was written, actually. And so I was doing a message for our church on joy. And as I was getting ready to speak it that night, this little poem kept going through my head. I've lost my joy. Where could it be? Is it under the apple tree? And I thought, that's so random. Why is this going through my head? And... Um, but, and I'd always written poetry. I didn't know what for. I'd never planned to write a book in my life. It was never on my agenda. I'd never even thought about it. But I thought, oh, that's a cute little poem. I'm just going to write it out, have some fun with it. And I wrote this little poem on joy. I said to Tim, do you think it would be too weird if I read it out as part of the message tonight? And he's like, oh, go for it. You know, it'll be good. And, um, and so I did. I read it out that night. And after I read it out, about three people came up to me and said, you've got to turn that into a children's book. Pastor Megan Halverson, who's now in Darwin, she was our assistant pastor. And she said, you've got to turn that into a kid's book and another couple of people. And over the next few days, kind of this God idea entered my spirit of a whole series on the invisible tree. But do you know what that, and they're now out in the world, right? They're out in the world doing its thing in the marketplace. They're in the secular world. They're out there. But it started by bringing my gift into the house of God. By bringing my gift into the house of God. Let me give you another example. A few years ago, Pastor Chris had a desire for a great every woman website. She said, I want something, you know, where everyone can see what's happening in all the different countries of the world. And I said, oh, I can help with that. I can do that. And so for the next year or two, I kind of, you know, put my head down and, and helped develop an every woman website and blog for that ministry. And I loved it and it was wonderful. Well, about six months after that, this guy came up to me knowing that I write and said, oh, I feel like God wants me to donate four hours of my time to you each week to help you like build your own website. <laughs> I know. And I'm like, wow. And I just knew, I just knew in that moment that God was, oh, there was a reaping. There was a reaping. There is something amazing that happens from bringing our gift into the house of God. It has repercussions in our dreams and desires beyond the house. It goes out beyond the house. So let's get to the word of God. Ephesians 4, 7, out of the Message Bible. Out of the generosity of Christ, each of us is given his own gift. The text for this is, he climbed the high mountain. Christ climbed the high mountain for your gift. He captured the enemy. He captured the enemy so you can use your gift and seized the booty. He handed it all out in gifts to the people. Is it not true that the one who climbed up also climbed down, down to the valley of the earth? And the one who climbed down is the one who climbed back up, up to the highest heaven. He handed out gifts above and below, filled heaven with his gifts, filled earth with his gifts. He handed out gifts of apostle, prophet, evangelist, and pastor teacher to train Christ's followers in skilled servant work, working within Christ's body, the church, until we're all moving rhythmically and easily with each other, efficient and graceful in response to God's Son, fully mature adults, fully developed within and without, fully alive in Christ. What a picture! What a picture! 
If we all start pulling out, stirring up, discovering that gift on the inside of us, look at these words. We're all moving rhythmically and easily with each other, efficient and graceful in response to God's Son. You know, I don't believe it's any coincidence that the Bible says that Christ ascended and he took the enemy captive and he handed out the gifts. Because I believe that the enemy is after your gift. The enemy is after your gift because there is a gift on, inside you. And I don't care who you are. I don't care if you are 90 or you are 5. There is a gift that you have right now that you can use. There's something in your heart, something in your mouth, something in your hand that you have that will build and bless the body of Christ and bring us into that place. And the enemy is after your gift. And we're going to talk about that this morning. We're going to learn about his tactics to get at our gift. And we're going to learn how to stir up, stir it up, stir it up, <laughs> the gift on the inside of us. <laughs> okay, there's so many passages on, this, on these gifts. 1 Corinthians 12, 7. All kinds of things are handed out by the Spirit. All kinds of things. It's various and diverse. And to all kinds of people. The variety is wonderful. Wise counsel, clear understanding, simple trust, healing the sick, miraculous acts, proclamation, distinguishing between spirits, tongues, interpretation of tongues. And the whole passage goes on about the body of Christ and how no parts are lesser than the others and sometimes there's parts that are hidden which we think are of lesser value. But what would we do without a stomach that's hidden? And what would we do without an ear that hears? And what would we do without a mouth that speaks? Every single part is needed for this body to function effectively. It goes on and talks about that. And I love actually how the Bible talks about giving greater honor to the hidden and lesser parts. It's so the heart of Jesus. The parts we don't see, our kids' church workers, our intercessors behind the scenes who carry the burden and the heart for this community. Let's honour, let's give great honour to the hidden parts of the body. So essential, so important. And the passage ends, verse 31, you are Christ's body, that's who you are. You must never forget this. Only as you accept your part of that body does your part mean anything. Only as we accept our part of the body does our part mean anything. So church, we have this responsibility actually to discover and attend to the gifts that are on the inside of us. And that can be a process. Often we are taught that we learn about our gifts because it's by looking at the things that we love, the things we love doing, the things that come naturally to us. Perhaps it's encouraging someone. Perhaps it's taking food to someone in need. Perhaps it's setting up things to make them look beautiful. Perhaps it's teaching. Perhaps it's leadership. It's what comes naturally to us. It's also what's affirmed in us by others around us. It's interesting that... Um, in the book of Timothy, which I'm going to be talking about a little bit, we learn that Timothy received his gift from the laying on of hands from the Apostle Paul. 
And often that's a way that a gift is discovered and affirmed. It's identified and recognised by leadership, by your connect leader, by your pastors, by people around you who might be a bit ahead of the journey and they'll say, you are an encourager. You are an affirmer. There's a teacher on the inside of you and it's recognised. And we need to grab at that. We need to take that seriously and we need to stir it up. Paul had to remind Timothy twice to stir up the gift on the inside of him. Now, let's remember, Paul was like one of the greatest apostles, if not the greatest apostle of all time. Timothy was his disciple. You'd think Timothy would have no problems in racing out in those gifts. But he was a young pastor, and he had to be reminded twice because Paul knew Timothy the man is not going to cut it in building God's house. It's the gift inside of Timothy. And that's what we've got to learn, church. Yes, we're all flesh and blood. We're all humanity. And actually, I love the vulnerability of your pastors getting up here and saying, I need God. That is the sign, another great sign of a healthy church. And beautiful Anushka last night saying, I, have a terrible, I had a terrible problem with anger. So honest. And that vulnerability is so powerful because we are flesh and blood. In our own capacities, in our own flesh and blood, we're not going to do the work of God. But in the supernatural gifting and anointing that God has placed on the inside of us, we will build his house. We will impact our community. We will take this region for Jesus. And so Paul had to remind Timothy twice to stir up this gift. In 1 Timothy 4.14, he said, Do not neglect the gift that is in you, which was given to you by prophecy with the laying on of hands. And then again in 2 Timothy 1.5-6, Therefore I remind you to stir it up, stir it up, stir it up, the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of hands. For God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of a sound mind. I want to look at this word neglect. For a minute because I think many of us can find us in the place where we're neglecting the gift that's on the inside of us. The definition of the word neglect is to dismiss, disregard, discount, ignore, underestimate, overlook, undervalue, scorn or despise. How easily we do these things. I think also in Australian culture, there's a culture of sort of belittling ourselves a little bit. We undervalue what the Lord has placed inside us. We almost despise the gifts that are on the inside of us. Sometimes we neglect and dismiss our gift because we compare it with someone else. We're looking at someone else who we might think have a greater gift and therefore we fail to use the very gift on the inside of us. Sometimes we dismiss it or neglect it because we think it's nothing compared to where we want to go. You know, we might have a big dream and we think it's not enough. But, you know, as we pull out what's in our hands, as we use what the Lord has given us, it leads us into the big dream and the big plan. Don't be intimidated by the difference between what's in you and where you want to go. It's as you pull out and use, place value on what's inside of you that the Lord's anointing starts to pour out on that 
more and more and more and take you to your dreams and plans. The opposite of neglect is to care for. To care for. Learn about your gift. Go and do some gift tests. Listen, Christian can direct you to some different gifting tests. Do some gifting tests. Ask your connect leader. Ask your pastor, what am I good at? What could I do? What would come naturally to me? Care for, where am I? Opposite of neglect. Care for, attend to, complete, conclude, consider, accomplish, achieve, or in Paul's words, stir it up. Stir it up, placing value on that gift. I mentioned the scripture earlier where Paul encouraged Timothy to stir up the gift and he said to him, for you have not been given a spirit of timidity, but of power, of love and of a sound mind. And that scripture there gives us a clue as to the main force that will come against us to stop the use of our gift. And it is a spirit of intimidation. Timidity is the result of a spirit of intimidation. And that's why Paul came in there and said to Timothy, stir it up, stir it up. Don't let intimidation block the gift on the inside of you. Stir it up, step out, use that gift. You haven't been given a spirit of intimidation, but a power of love and a sound mind. So for Timothy, there was obviously a problem. His gift wasn't operating as it should because he was intimidated. The definition of intimidation is to render timid, to inspire with fear, to discourage, to suppress, to threaten, to overawe. The object of intimidation is to restrain us from action, to stop us using what God's given us, to cause us to second-guess ourselves, to doubt ourselves, to shrink back and step back in fear. Intimidation can come in lots of different ways. It can come through people. Some people have an intimidating spirit on them. Sometimes people don't have an intimidating spirit, but because of our past experience, maybe we had a parent who was intimidating, and then we can be intimidated by authority. Sometimes we're intimidated by our circumstances. They just seem too big for us. They just seem too hard for us. Sometimes intimidation can come as a direct spiritual attack from the enemy. When we step out to do something, you will find this feeling of intimidation and fear starting to come against you and you're just like, no, I can't do this, I can't do this. That is the devil. That's the devil, I'm just announcing it. Just so when you experience it, that you know, that is the devil. And if we're ever, ever, ever going to do anything great for God, we're going to learn, all of us are going to learn how to rise up against intimidation and say, I have not been given a spirit of timidity, but a power of love and a sound mind. Sometimes intimidation can come from our past, even our own humanity. I know I've been there. Sometimes I'm intimidated by my own brokenness and my own humanity until I understand that we're all like that and God wants to use broken people. He wants to use humans. We don't have to ignore our humanity to be used by God. He moves through us. He moves in our weakness. He moves in our vulnerability. 
The devil would try to lie to us and say, you've got to have it all together. You've got to be perfect and then you can bring your gift to the house. But no, that's not how it works. It's as you bring your gift in your brokenness, in your vulnerability, that God moves. Don't be intimidated by your own humanity, by your own challenges in who you are. Sometimes it's age. We're intimidated by our age. The Bible never said a thing about the gifts are just for the young or the gifts are just for young or the old. I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. King David, when he fought Goliath, he faced intimidation from a few different areas. He faced intimidation from the circumstances, the giant that was before him. That was a real reality. He faced intimidation from those that were close. His own brother kind of mocked him and said, what are you doing here? Have you just come to watch the battle? Shouldn't you be working? He faced intimidation by the person in authority that he respected the most, King Saul. But you're just a youth. Intimidation can come from all different ways. But David, David, he had spent enough time in God's presence the one voice that speaks truth through all the other voices. He'd spent enough time in the presence of God that God's voice shouted louder than all the voices of intimidation. And what would have happened to Israel if he'd shrunk back? What would have happened if he'd listened to King Saul, the man in authority, his own brother, or the giant? What would have happened Israel would have been defeated by the Philistines and we wouldn't have, goodness knows, I'm sure God would have redeemed it somehow, but you know, it was pretty important what David did. So he learnt, he learnt. So the antidote to intimidation, we need to know the antidote to intimidation. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power of love and a sound mind. These three things are the antidote to when you feel timid that every one of us have the power of God, that every one of us have the love of God and that we have a sound mind. And I'm going to briefly close with talking about these three things. The Message Bible says God, God doesn't want us to be shy with his gifts, but to be bold and loving and sensible. Boldness, power, there is a power available to us from God. And as I said earlier, David discovered, discovered this power and this boldness by spending time in the presence of God. The book of Proverbs says that the, bold, the righteous are as bold as a lion. We can take down that intimidation when we have boldness by spending time with our God. Boldness. The second is love. Church, we need to understand God's love for us. I believe that in our season in church history that the Lord is wanting to take us into a deeper revelation of his love for us. I love that song we sang last night, I'm a good, good father. We need to know it's okay if we have a go and fail because God loves us. We need to know we don't need to be perfect, that we can try things. And get up again because we have a loving father. And we also 
also need to know this love thing. I remember when I first started to speak to people, it was at Bible college, and I was like shaking, fear, nerves, I'm not good enough, I'm not good enough, intimidation. And I just felt the Lord say to me, Kiralee, when you get up there, I just want you to think it's not about you. (laughs) It's not about you. And as we get our mind off ourselves, as we get our mind off ourselves and realize what God's put in us is not about us. It's not about where we're going. It's about other people. It's about those guys at the homeless lunch who have had no one talk to them for a week. And their life lights up by a little mum who just decides to go along and activate her gift of mercy. It's not about us. Our gift is not about us. Don't rob the body of Christ from what you've, with what you've got inside you. It's not about us. Love. We've got to know God loves us. It's okay if we fail. And we've got to know our gift is about loving others. And the third one, a sound mind. God's given us a sound mind. When fear comes, fear will bring crazy thoughts into our head. None of us are immune from it. Crazy, crazy thoughts. Grab this word every day, every night, and be constantly renewed in the spirit of your mind by this word. This is a daily activity. We never graduate from it. We need the reign of God's word day and night to have a sound mind, to be able to overcome, to stand against the enemy, to confront intimidation, and to play our part in this time, in this age, in the world that we live in. Amen? Good. Amazing church. So C3 Noosa, C3 Noosa. My encouragement for you today is you've got something beautiful. This church has got something beautiful for this community. And I know that this couple is going to be diligent in causing you to rise, to hit the mark of what you're called for. But each of you have got something unique. And if you don't know what it is, just start small. Just start small. Just encourage someone. Just get on the hospitality team, you know, serve, just do something and you will start to experience the joy of the Lord as you give your life in service. Just before we pray, I'd like to pray for your pastors, if that's okay. Thanks for listening to the C3 Church Noosa podcast. Visit us online at c3noosa.org.